Welcome to the Sisters in Zion podcast with Danielle and Kirsten, who are best friends and active members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This is not an official podcast of the Church. This is a safe place for sisters to gather through conversations to draw closer to Christ. Hey friends, welcome to Sisters in Zion podcast. This is Danielle and I'm here with Kirsten. Hi everyone. We're going to dive right in. I mean, I just think, you know, we were looking back at our podcast and I noticed, um, and I was talking to Kirsten about it, the navigating um, through evil influences has, has the most downloads. And we know that for, you know, this is a huge subject to be able to talk about. And so I actually have compiled here um, a list of church references talking about the nature of evil spirits, spirits, how they influence us, how we can triumph over, you know, the ways that they get to us. And what happened was, you know, well, I'll kind of go back and do a little summary first. Um, so my background is psychology. And if you if you listen to the other one, I talked about how there was a time in my life where I was really, um, I was working with a lot of people who had psychosis, which means they were hearing, you know, voices. And there was, there was three major things that happened at that time. One is I noticed that everything that they really struggled with was very dark and evil. And, and I'm not saying, again, I want to make that statement. This has nothing to do with them being dark and evil. It's around all of us. In fact, I think they have a gift. And I think they have a gift to, you know, hear and see beyond the veil. And so anyway, with that being said, that at the time really bothered me. I'm like, well, why is it, if it's just this little trigger in the brain, why is it always like, like literally what we read about in the scriptures, like evil, right? And that they hear these awful things that told, you know, awful things. And so, so that was questioning in my mind. The second thing was I, I would read the scriptures and I'm like, why is it almost every time that, you know, Christ does a blessing, he first cast out evil spirits almost every single time. And why don't we do that anymore? So I was questioning that, like, why don't we, like, why don't we talk about that? Or why I'm like, are the evil spirits not here anymore? And I'm like, yeah, right. That's not true. So that was questioning. And then I shared on the other podcast that I had somebody that I was dating that was having a trouble with addiction. And I was, while we were dating, I didn't know um, about the addiction at certain, a certain time of when we were dating, but I also, I um, because of it, he was just not treating me very kindly. And I had low self-esteem and I would just think, oh my gosh, what am I not doing right? Or, you know, and so I was really doing a lot of self-blaming and I, the Lord allowed me through a little vision to open up and see that what he was saying wasn't really his own opinion. And I had this vision that was like, I was sitting on the couch, he was sitting on the piano bench and he was saying these not so nice, kind things about me and to me, right? But I was watching these seven dark blobs. They didn't have a form when I saw them. Um, speak these things, these awful things about me. And then he would just say it as if it were his own opinion. He thought that he, the thoughts originated with him. And I remember sitting there going, whoa, like you think that was your original thought. You think you think that about me but it's actually not what you think about me. And I would see, I would see another one say something. And it, it really helped me in this time that I was doing a lot of self-blame and feeling worthless, right? It helped me go, oh my gosh, this isn't even about me. It has nothing to do with me. And so for me, it was very empowering to learn 
through that process that they are real and they are around us. And if we can recognize who they are, what they are, then we can triumph over what they're trying to bring us down. So I have this document here um, that I'm going to share with you guys. Just It's just compilation of church references um, that talks about how evil spirits work and some of the encounters, the early days that they had in the church. And then I'll just read a couple and then we'll just kind of have a dialogue about them. But one, um, I love this one. This was from, it's from the Deseret Weekly in 1894 and it's President Woodruff. He was talking to the Relief Society and young women. And he said, um, just a little line out of it. He said, he says, I have said to our young men that if their eyes were open to see and comprehend the work of evil spirits that are trying to destroy the priesthood, their responsibilities and the numbers that are connected with them of evil spirits that are, you know, around them and looking to them, you could not get a boy to smoke a cigar or a young man to enter a liquor saloon. So what he's meaning is if you could really see who was around um, the liquor or the cigars and who's around them, they would just, they would be like, I don't even want to touch it because it would be um, so frightful or so disgusting. And I thought that was really, you know, interesting. Um, and then just, so how does that relate to us now, right? Like he's saying like cigar and liquor store, which may have been some of the main issues of that time, you know, which still may be as well, right? But for us, um, <clears throat> if we could see the evil spirits that surround, you know, like what? Like what is it now? And I think the, the thing that is so different about us now versus them is it was pretty black and white then like, okay, you know, liquor, cigar, prostitute, like, I don't know, stealing your neighbor's cow, maybe, right? Like, I mean, it's kind of like, okay, here, here's my five options of ways that I could sin. And here they are. And I'm going to, you know, I just feel like pretty black and white get it out of your system, kind of, you know, what type of a thing, come back to, you know, like, and, and with us, I'm trying to think of, I was just going to list a few things. Oh, you know, pornography, if we could see the evil spirits that are surrounding pornography, there, there would be no appeal to that at all, because it would be like, oh my gosh, that is like a disgusting trap. I want nothing to do with it. But it's not, that's not how it's presented. Right. And, but that's just one thing. I mean, we're talking like, I could talk about like different Facebook chats, social media, you know, um, you know, the news and, you know, sure. Like different nightclubs and, and happy hours and all that, but it's, there's, you couldn't, you could fill pages and pages nowadays of all the things that evil spirits are surrounding. It's so much more, I don't know. It just, I mean, I didn't live back in the 1800s, so I guess I don't really know what it was like. But to me, it just feels like, whoa, the bombardment of it now is so twisted, so twisted. It, and like, it is. Well, and it's not even, it is, it's twisted. And of course it's growing, but it's also the fact that Satan has done a really good job of making himself remain anonymous. And so back then it was even more like not so crazy to talk about, Oh my gosh, it felt like evil spirits around and here it's like, people are like, what, what are you talking about? 
Those don't so, exist. I actually have to tell you guys, last Sunday, my bishop in our ward got up and it was like one of the most profound testimonies ever. I felt like I wanted to like shout hallelujah that our bishop got up and bore his testimony. He said, brothers and sisters, I want to bear testimony of someone who is not talked about very often. And I, everyone's kind of like, what? Like, cause usually people bear testimony of our savior, Jesus Christ, of, you know, the prophet. And he said, I'm going to bear testimony of the reality of our adversary, Satan. Nobody is talking about that guy. And let me just tell you, and he like, it was profound. Like, I mean, he must have gone through something like pretty heavy because he said to the whole congregation, like he was like getting up and like just bearing his testimony and almost, I don't know, in a way like confessing or something. Not that he needs to confess to any of us, but he was confessing that he had been tricked by Satan, that he had been completely wrapped up in something that was not okay. And he felt, he just felt like he needed to publicly let every single one of the members of his congregation know that Satan is real. He is here. He is looking at you. He does not play by rules. There are no rules when Satan, you know, when Satan's around, it's not like, oh, well, he won't do it this way. Yes, he will. That's exactly how he's going to do it. He's going to play every one of your weaknesses and your thoughts. And like, I, I just was like, I, I really wanted to say hallelujah. Because <laughs> sometimes testimony meeting, like, I appreciate it. I don't appreciate story monies, really, and thank I appreciate someone bearing truth. And our bishop last week was bringing it like 100% about Satan. I've never heard a testimony born like that before. That's awesome. Yes. And that... In the even in the um, Book of Mormon, it talks about that Satan will do everything he can to make you believe he doesn't exist. And I remember as a teenager, what was interesting is I start, you know, I I, I wasn't active as a teenager, and I would go to a seminary for some reason because I loved how I felt there. That was it. And I remember thinking that I don't know. I know church talks about you know the superstition with evil, and I kind of thought it's not true. I just I just for some reason was and obviously why I was entertaining it with Satan. They were putting ideas in my head, but I remember thinking that. And literally, like the next day or next week in seminary, I read that scripture, and I I can't remember where it's at right now. I think it's Second Nephi, but I went, oh my gosh, he was trying to get me to believe he didn't exist. And it is true. He's very anonymous today. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to read one other thing that I've got right here. It's called, um, it's like I, I wrote down visions of legion. So it's Heber C. Kimball. <clears throat> and this was, um, and it's, I don't know, Heber C. Kimball JD is what it says. Okay. So it says, this is a, he says when he was in England with somebody, somebody that he first baptized the night previous before going forward to baptize this person and eight other people, he said, I had, um, the night I'm trying to not read this really long. So I'm trying to just read parts of it. Um, blah, blah, blah. I had a vision as old father Baker used to say of the infernal world. I saw legions of wicked spirits that night as plain as I now see you. And they came as near to me as you are now. And company after company of them rushed towards me. And Brother Hyde and Brother Richards also saw them. It was near the break of day, and I looked upon them as I now look upon you. They came when I was laying hands upon Brother Russell. The wicked spirits got him, got him to the door of the room, got into the door of the room. I did not see them until after that took place. 
And then he says, I struggled and exerted all their, uh, with all their, they struggled and exerted all their power and influence. And I was shown that these spirits as plainly as I ever saw anything. And he says, uh, what did he say? Just as, uh, I saw their hands, their eyes, every feature of their faces, the hair on their heads and their ears. In short, they had full formed bodies. If evil spirits could come to me, cannot ministering spirits and angels also come from God? Of course they can. And there are thousands of them. And I wish you to understand this and that they can rush as an army going to battle for the evil spirits came upon me and brother Hyde in that way. And then I'm going to skip down. He says, he said that they spoke to one of them and that one, and one of them said, we have nothing against you. Um, he says, I'm, I mentioned this to show you that the devil is an enemy to me. He is also an enemy to brother Brigham, to brother Jedediah, to the 12 and to every righteous man. When brother Benson goes to the old country, he will find hosts of evil spirits and he will know more about the devil than he ever did before. The spirits of the wicked who have died for thousands of years past are at war with the saints of God upon the earth. Do I ever pray that I may see them again? No, I do not. We had prayed all day and almost all night that we might have power to establish the gospel in England. And so it just kind of goes on and that's, so they had this encounter as they were going to baptize um, these people in England and opening the gospel up in there and pre preaching the gospel. And this, he had this, he saw not even a vision. It was like, they were literally there. And so just like I said, I saw with this person I was dating, they were literally there and he was able to see what they looked like, what their form. And he says that this, I just, for me, the spirits of the wicked who have died for thousands of years past are at war with the saints of God upon the earth. And I, I don't, I just thought that story was super profound and showing the reality. And this lady today in church, um, she spoke and I, it, and here's the thing is Satan knows to be, he could, I mean, if God allowed him, he could take our, our, our body and like, uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say, twist us in whatever way he wants, you know, that kind of stuff. He's got that much power, but he assigns people to us that like feed on our weaknesses that exacerbate our weaknesses big time, no matter what they are, he knows. So this lady in church, she was saying how, you know, she grew up in our, in our ward and she was saying that she was very, um, inactive and didn't, um, always felt like she was really dumb. And she felt like she was kind of the dumb, the unintelligent one of the family. And so she goes to college and she meets this group of friends who, um, definitely, you know, weren't a good and good influence to live a Christ-like life. But she says they preyed on her weakness and they made her feel like she was an intelligent person. And so I, it just made me, you know, realize like that's what they do. She had this inner weakness to feel like she wasn't intelligent. And so this group of friends that Satan's like, hey, let's make her, you know, influencing all these legions around, like make her feel intelligent. So she trusts you guys. And, we'll, and so she left the church for 20 plus years. Is now you know back and active, but that's what they do. They're preying on whatever weaknesses that we do have. I have a question. Back on your story, and I'm so sorry because that that's amazing. I, I don't want to discount what you just said, but I want to go back to the story. There was one part that I didn't understand, where he said, "We have nothing against you." 
who was saying we have nothing against you? Was that Heber Kimball saying we have nothing against you? Or was it the legions that were saying to him, we have nothing against you? Like they were trying to be tricky. I didn't understand that part. Maybe yeah, it says they spoke and said to Brother Hyde, we have nothing against you. Okay. So but that they, was the- they have evil nothing, spirits. They know, yeah, the evil spirits said that. Okay, to the evil Hyde. spirits said that to Brother Hyde, and again, that goes right along with what you're saying with this woman at church today, who you know, like the spirits that were there and were trying to help her to feel like she's smart and all those things, right? They they would be saying, "Oh, we have nothing against you. We want we think you're super intelligent. Come over here, like let's you know think all these oh, things because yeah. you're so intelligent, right?" So mm-hmm. it's more like a trick. Um, I kind of hate this. I I hate this. I'm like, no, no, you don't get to trick me. You don't get to trick my children. No, you don't get to trick my best friend. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Hate is such a terrible word. I shouldn't say it. It brings a bad spirit, but, but I do. I'm like, ew, no, that's so annoying. What a waste of time. I don't have time to feel blah. I don't have time for that. Like, that's ridiculous. Ew. Why? Why is it like that, Danielle? Well, if you wanted the other plan where we didn't have that and it was all controlled. (laughs) I'm a very controlling person. (laughs) So, no, I'm just teasing. I mean, it really is. It's part of the purpose and it's, um, it's not it doesn't. So here's the thing is with the, with the guidance of the Holy spirit, we have the light of Christ. We have the Holy ghost and the light of Christ. Everything is delivered through the Holy ghost, right? To know truth. And we talked about this on our last pod is just about when people are speaking about truths and they're weaving truths into maybe untruths. Is there purpose to lead you or is there it does, does what they say lead you back to the savior or not? Does it lead you back to truth? And there's truth in all parts of the world. Amazing truths. I mean, mother Teresa lived so many amazing truths. I mean, there's so much out there. And so the key is when you entertain something, right? When you entertain their company or entertain an ideology, how does it make you feel? How, what is it leading you to? Is it leading you to not really feel like serving others or being in charity, being a person of love? Then that ideology that you're entertaining is not of God. And so it's just, it's, we do have a very clear cut on how to distinguish it, but it's, can you hear my cat crying? Yes, (laughs) totally. I'm like, Lincoln, you're okay, buddy. (laughs) Sorry, guys, but that is a cat who wants to go outside. (laughs) But anyway, so I don't even know what I was saying now, but it was, yeah. So you go ahead. Yeah, you were talking about truth and you were talking about if it leads you back to truth. And, and I will reference a little bit, you know, after our last pod, so last week, if you're, if you're following in order, uh, we talked about this woman that I was listening to on a podcast who I, I loved everything she was saying. And she was talking about inventing all these things and her parents that were so amazing. And um, they taught her how to be, you know, an innovator. And I just thought she was incredible. I was like, totally impressed. And then she started talking about this book that she was writing. And, and anyway, so that's what, what I'm referencing. But She's writing this book 
about how you have to build your own path, that you can't stay on a path that was given to you as a child because that path was your parents' path or your grandparents' path, but that doesn't mean that it's your path. And that's where it struck me as wrong. I thought, no, I don't really agree with that. So I talked about that at length last week, but, but what I wanted to say moving forward, I didn't, you know, how later, like after you finish a conversation or, you know, for us, a podcast, I'm like, oh, but I forgot to say this, you know, when I was thinking about all the things that are true and are good, they're great. There's nothing wrong. Just because somebody says something and has truth, and then there's an ideal ideology that you don't necessarily agree fully with, doesn't negate the fact that they are an amazing person that's doing their best, that's on their own path, right? And even this woman that you're talking about at church, I think her finding a group of friends in college, I mean, there's so much more depth than that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's something that Satan used in that particular instance that led her off of the path, the covenant path, but she did probably gain valuable truths about her own intelligence, right? And she probably did gain um, more self-esteem and confidence to become the woman who she is today. So there is value there, right? That's kind of what you're saying. There's truth there. There's value there. And what we're trying to teach you is how to have a, I, I want to call it like a, a special tool, right? And that's what the spirit of, of our savior is. It's a special tool that you get to distinguish and dis, it's discernment and discernment when it is sharpened could be your most powerful tool. You're able to look at any scenario. It's almost, I, I imagine it like a magnifying glass, right? And I've got this magnifying glass and I'm, I'm looking at different scenarios and I get to look through the lenses of discernment when I'm hearing somebody speak to me, when I'm listening to myself speak to myself, right? When I'm listening to my own thoughts, when I'm listening to a talk at church or when I'm out at the, you know, at work or at a business conference, right? And I'm hearing all these thoughts and these things. It really is the tool that you need is the spirit of discernment. And so if this is a gift that our heavenly father can bestow upon us, then can't we just ask for it? Every day, can we ask for yes. the spirit of discernment? Yes. What a good idea. Every day. And that's really the key, ha having the spirit of discernment and asking for that every single day. Because in the only time, like, because again, like you were saying, could she have just, you know, analyzing, could she have learned of her own worth and intelligence in another way? Probably, but that doesn't mean that that's what she was going to do. Or yeah, I look at my own self, there's things that I have done that I'm like, gosh, it would have been nice if I could have done, learned it on an easier route, but obviously I didn't and couldn't at the time. And that's just where I was. So I think that's, um, that beauty that he's just like, yeah, come on back to me anytime. Like I want you. And the, um, when we, you, when we deny the Holy ghost, when the Holy ghost confirms to you that like, let's just use a blatant one, right? That Christ exists and he's the savior. And someone's like, no, nah, I don't believe that. That's denying the Holy Ghost. That's true deception. But if we're navigating, which is why, you know, maybe I inspiredly called this that navigating through evil influences, right? That's what we're doing. We're like, okay, is this? I mean, we're figuring it out. We're okay. I got to listen to the Holy Ghost, pray for the spirit of discernment. 
um, be close to my savior the whole, and have, you know, the light of Christ to me so that I'm learning that that's learning. But if we are stubborn and not, and we're hard hearted and we just want to believe things that aren't true, basically because we have pride then, and you're not in this, uh, you're not in God's love. You're not in his realm where he can really protect you and show you again, you know, what evil influences can do and what they can say to you. So, you know, and I would just invite you guys as you're thinking, like, what are the negative things that you think or say about yourself? And I want you to know that is not from God. It is not, it is absolutely inspired if you want to call it inspired, but it is absolutely driven by the, by dark, influences. I want to read one more thing on, or two more things on here that I really liked. Maybe one more. It says, and it was just kind of what we opened this up and talking about. It says some people, this is from Heber C. Kimball as well. Some people do not believe that there are any devils. There are thousands of evil spirits that are just as ugly as evil can make them. The wicked die and their spirit remain not far from where their tabernacles are. When I was in England, 28 years ago, next June, I saw more devils than there, than there are persons here today. They came upon me with every intention to destroy me. They are the spirits of wicked men who, while in the flesh, were opposed to God and his purposes. I saw them with what we call spiritual eyes, but what was in reality the natural eye. I thought that was interesting. The atmosphere in many parts of the of these mountains is doubtless the abode of the spirits of Gadiant and robbers whose spirits are as wicked as hell and who would kill Jesus Christ and every apostle and righteous person that ever lived. If they had the power, it is by the influence of such wicked spirits that men and women are all that are all the time tempted to tell little lies, to steal just a little, to take advantage of their neighbor a little and they tell us there is no harm in it. It is by that influence, though, that these, the power of evil starts in the minds of men. That's so tricky. <laughs> yeah, but we have, like, the Holy Ghost. We have the spirit of discernment. You can, we can discern past that. We can navigate through those tricks. We don't have to be manipulated by that. And I, I think it's important to study and be aware of it. And it helped me. It freed me from beating myself up so much and buying into that. Because when I realized where it came from and where, where those negative thoughts about myself and others really stem from, I was like, oh, like he said, like, if you guys could see, you know, what stood around cigars and liquor, you would never want to touch it. It was like that. I'm like, oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to touch that. I don't want to beat myself up. <laughs> I don't, yeah. don't want to judge and think negative of another person. And yeah. so it helps motivate me to stay in love. And I will tell you today, I don't know, I was struggling today and I was feeling judgmental of myself big time. And then it stems to others, right? It always starts with ourselves. And so every time it kept coming up today, I imagine myself taking like a judgment scale, you know, you think of the scales and I just imagine myself in my mind, just handing it to my savior and say, can I have my heart back? I'm like, I'm sorry. Here's a judgment scale. That's yours. Let me have my heart back. And I actually had to do that multiple times today because I was just, you know, struggling with it. But wow. that's, that's the purpose. What a great, great imagery there for people to follow. Where did that come from? I don't, well, I, 
probably not me. I don't know. <laughs> I probably came from the spirit. I just, I just thought of it. So I think that's really profound and, and important. I think our listeners, um, it's one thing to hear us speak about things and speak about historically, you know, how the apostles did things and what they saw and what it means and understand the truthfulness of it. Right. I think we all, we, we built the case around it, that it is real and it does exist. And even God tells us that he will, you know, he'll allow it to happen. He doesn't say, no, I'm not going to let you do that. He does. Satan gets to kind of, you know, what does it say? Bruise our heel a little bit or something. <laughs> so he does get to do that. But what you're saying is a practical application. So, so what can we and our listeners do? And what you just said, I like things like that, that I'm like, okay, when I'm feeling a certain way, it's going to trigger me like instant trigger to think of a scale and think of my savior and give him. So, so do you give him the scale in your mind and you just ask for your heart? So it's not like you're on one side of the scale and the savior's on the other side of the scale type of a thing. It's like, there's a scale and you just like give it all to him and you ask in exchange for your heart back. That's the actual visualization that you go through. Yes, exactly like that. And I, well, I'd never have done that before till today because I just seem to be, you know, the last few days been struggling and judging and, and I'll be vulnerable. I'll show you, share just a little bit, you know, cause, um, we can talk more in depth on another pod, but I, I have a lot of hopes and, you know, being married and there's some mile markers coming up in my life that I had hoped for this again. And so it's like, I feel like I'm going through this grieving process with it not being here yet. And so that puts judgment upon myself and I start to go, what am I not? Am I not doing enough? I'm not having enough faith. And so, which is, again, we know who that's from. That is from the adversary. So I had, as I'm judging myself for not being in that position, I start to judge others. Right. And so I, I have to keep going back to the, the core of it. Isn't just like, Oh, don't judge that person. That's so bad. It's not that you guys, it's why am I judging myself? And so I, I had to look at myself today and just, I closed my eyes and I just, I asked for forgiveness, but I, I just asked to ha- help me see myself as God sees me and to know that my not being married doesn't have anything to do with my worthiness or the, where I'm at or my love, or it, it's just my journey. And I had to just Embrace. I imagine myself um, being hugged by the Savior. That I am loved, even even though I desire, you know, marriage. But I'm loved even as a single woman in the church. Like, I just, I had to have the visual of that. And then every time I judged, I just said, you know, you're the judge. I am not. I make righteous judgments, so I don't go to places where there may be filled with evil spirits or you know things like that. But but it's not the judgment where I'm like. You know, um, that's not very inspiring that they're talking about that. You know, that's stupid. That's nitpicky. That's because I don't feel inspired about myself inside. And so, so that's where that stemmed from. But that self, having that self-awareness, that self, um, that perspective can really help us let go of, you know, you don't beat yourself up. Oh, I shouldn't judge. It's not that. It's like, why are you judging? Because it's about, there's something going on with you. Love yourself. Be kind to yourself, be gentle and figure out what that core is rather than, you know, I think of this story actually, um, my sister and I out surfing many years ago here in San Diego and 
we could see down below us, there were jellyfish. They were all over. And they, and it was really cool. We're like, oh, there's jellyfish, you know? And they're not the ones that are like, you know, really bad here in San Diego where it's like super poisonous. But little by little, starting at the bottom of our legs, all the way up to the top of our bodies, we started getting stung. And we were getting little needles, like stinging, like needles. It hurts. Yeah. And it, it well, does. yes, it does. And it stung. Our whole body was stinging. And so it was interesting because we we're like, oh my gosh. And then we couldn't even stay in the water anymore because then you got salt water on it, you know? And so we paddled in and we went to a um, shower with fresh water and rinsed off and it helped, it took the sting away and, and we were fine. But I've, I thought about that experience this week in the same way as that's what these you know, evil influences do, right? They're just these little stings, tiny, and the more we ignore them, ignore what's going on with us that's causing it to allow it to, allowing that we're allowing it to sting us, right? The more stings we're going to get, and those, when you look at jellyfish, they're very translucent, translucent, the ones here, and, they're, and their tentacles are long, and they're very in, translucent. I did not see them stinging me. I could not see them in the water. Like I had no, I just thought they were down there. I didn't know they were actually stinging me until my body, I had a lot more stings on me. And then we had, instead of continuing in the water and surfing, we had to get out and go find fresh water. And so it, it just, that, I don't know that this, I feel like that's a good analogy of just like navigating through life with evil influences around us. And it's just these little stings. And the more we can look at, why did I allow that to sting me? Oh, because I'm judging myself for something that's a big fat lie and I'm buying, obviously it's an evil spirit probably enticing me to judge myself that way and I'm buying into it. So well, you have to get out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get out of it though. Like you can't stay there in the ocean and not continue to get stung. That's the point. You have to get out of the water and run fresh water over your body. So the, that part of the analogy is that's the key. Get out. Get out. Yeah. Get out of there and go turn it over to the savior. Mm -hmm. Get fresh water. And it's, mm -hmm. so it's not ignoring. We talked about, you know, feelings buried alive, never die. It's not about ignoring. It's about why did I allow that to sting me and pray about it. I go in PPM. I'm all the time. I ask like, why am I feeling this way? What am I judging? What am I feeling lack and scarcity or whatever? And just say, okay. I ask, forgive me for judging myself in that way. And help me see me through your eyes. And I'm going to turn this over to you. And I sometimes imagine, I imagine a lot of times words, like if I'm feeling um, unlovable or something, that just came to my head. But I'll imagine myself plucking off the words unlovable and just handing it to the Savior. This, today when I was in sacrament, I imagined all the words and things I was just like struggling with about myself. And I imagine myself putting it in this white cloth and put, putting the white cloth together like you would like a, like a knapsack or something that you're, you know, from like the 1800s going a little trail with, with a stick. But <laughs> Huckleberry I, Finn style? Yep, Huckleberry <laughs> Finn. Okay. I imagine putting it in like this little um, cloth and I handed it to the Savior and go, help me. I don't, this isn't mine to, I need, I need to replace it with truths. Mm. That's and a not, really important question. Is this mine? that's something that I ask when I start feeling something. I'm like, is this mine? And usually it's not. 
usually it's not even mine. It's like an outside evil influence. And I'm like, no, thanks. Yeah. Give it to the savior. And how much more power does that give us knowing that it really doesn't stem from you? So it's, it's incredibly powerful. And I have a, a quick story. Um, last week I was feeling, um, <clears throat> I, so I moved to Hawaii like almost two years ago, uh, maybe, you know, year and a half, I guess getting closer to two and and I love it and it was a huge deal to move here we moved from Las Vegas and um, it took everything I had to, to move here and to manifest this home and this life and I'm so grateful for it and there are times when living here that I feel like I can't I can't do this like I cannot it is there's things about it here um, it's it's incredibly inconvenient like just we live out in the country like I live an hour away from any real store that I could go and get birthday presents you know so uh, versus Las Vegas that it is like the most convenient city in the world from parking to you know accessibility right so I'm used to certain things and although I love Hawaii, anyway, so this is like a weakness that I have where I, I'm not very present. It, it's, a, it's a problem. Like, it's, it's my issue. I'm not very present. I'm always living in the future. I'm always like, okay, I'm like 10 steps ahead in the future. I got my whole summer planned out. Anyway, so there was a moment last week where I was sitting and I was feeling so frustrated. And, and these are legitimate things. And I think I'm telling the story because I think People can relate like these real life scenarios that come up for you are frustrating for sure. Like it's incredibly frustrating, you know, whatever it is that you're dealing with. So I decided right then I said a prayer. I opened up my scriptures. I was reading and I just said to heavenly father, I, I don't think I can do this. Like, I think that, you know, originally when I planned on moving here, I was thinking that maybe I would live like 50, 50, you know, like half the time in Vegas and half the time in Hawaii. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like that would be fine if that's where I felt led to, to go. Okay. But my point is this. So I made this decision that we were going to move back to Vegas for half the year. Like I just, it's fine. I'm like, Hey, there you go. Heavenly father. I've made the decision. And I felt good about it, right? But I was totally justifying like in my own head. This is me and I'm being influenced and you know, it's me just creating all this stuff in my head. And then I remembered that before I started praying and before I read my scriptures, I didn't cast out evil spirits from before me. And I stopped at that point. And this is, you know, 20 minutes, 30 minutes into like my study and prayer. And I'm thinking we're moving. I text Kyle, we're moving, babe. Like I got to do this, you know? And he's, and he's like, so sweet. He's like, okay, Kirsten, <laughs> whatever you need, honey, you know? Um, and then I remember that I needed to cast out evil spirits before I prayed and before I read my scriptures, because just because you say a prayer doesn't mean there's not an evil spirit around you. Right. I mean, that doesn't like specifically remove them from your presence. I mean, they, you, you are connected to God when you pray, of course, and, and reading the scriptures does give you power over evil influences, but I forgot, or I didn't, you know, realize at the time that it was extremely important for me to cast them out with words bringing in my savior, Jesus Christ, armed to the square, 100% casting them out from myself, from the room, from my home, from my yard. Like I, I, I will visually sit and like go through every corner, every closet, everything. I just imagine it all. And I bring the white light of Christ and I cast them all out. So I did that. 
And then of course I felt so much better. <laughs> and then I said the prayer again and I felt comfort and peace and tranquility and everything is okay. There's not, there's no, there's not tumultuous storms around you. There's not this like crazy back and forth. There's none of that. None of that is real. And I realized like, I'm here. I was led here. I have a calling here. My children are here. I'm raising them here. And I can create everything that I want to create presently here. I felt so much better. And that's just a story that I experienced. Again, I could have been led to, okay, yeah, move back to Vegas half the time. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know what I mean? I'm not saying like that's a bad thing. But I think most of our listeners are looking for this practical application. You know, how do I use this in my life every single day? I love your story. That's a really good practical application. And when we're making decisions outside of being in a full, like submissive love with Heavenly Father, and I noticed that, I'm like, no, I just want to do this. You know, it's like, yeah, I feel determined. And feeling determined is great, but it's not necessarily, it could be with or without love, you know? So it's really about being in protected in his, you know, pure love of Christ, which is charity, right? That can keep evil spirits from influencing your thoughts with it. Right. And I love that you, you cast them out. And then all of a sudden in your prayer, returning to see the situation, he, he filled you with love and peace about the situation and all those other things that, that bugged you about it. You're like, yeah, oh yeah, I'm going to move back. And all those little things were like water under a bridge. It's not really that big a deal. And you said something that they do listen in. I, this is um, this is from Bishop Lee Grand Richard from Conference of 1940. And he said, I'll just give you a quick, um, he said that, uh, oh, he's telling a story about somebody else. And he said that while he was blessing one young man, he saw an evil spirit standing by his side. And the impression came to him that the evil spirit was listening to what was being said so that he would know what this guy's mission in life was so that he could destroy that mission. Ugh. So yeah, they're around. It's, and we have so many gifts to be able to get rid of them. One is asking that they be cast out. The second is asking to fill God's love. They can't exist in love. So God's love for you is when you're going to feel the fruits of the spirit of peace and joy. They can't, they don't exist. It squashes them out. So asking to be in the bond of charity with Christ, right? Casting them out, praying for the, you know, discernment of spirits to be able to um, discern spirits and listening to the Holy ghost. Those four things are the pillars of it. The Holy ghost is going to, tell you what is right and what it's like you spoke about last week and just kind of pricked your heart when she said there's no path you know and like you do you hear that a lot nowadays that oh how our families are so traditional marriage traditional marriage you know it's like this like funny thing and it's like oh okay well yeah let's go sleep around a ton before getting married that sounds like a good idea but it is pretty normal these days <laughs> it's norm and so it's just, you know, it's interesting. And I, you know, I said, I, I have a, I want to share and I, maybe we'll do it on another pod. Cause this one's already gone a little while, but 
I want to just at least give the name of the person that really compiled all of these church references. That's just been amazing on evil spirits. And his name is Scott um, Gillespie and his wife. And they also do a podcast and they um, have some information that he put together on his story of how he came to know and is through a pornography addiction. It's really struggle with pornography. And it's a little bit of a long story. I don't want to skim through it other than I'll read it on another pod. But I do want to just say it's a beautiful experience that he had of how getting rid of evil influences helped him get rid of his pornography addiction because they're the ones that really create those compulsions. And he had, um, you know, quite an interesting story with that. But just to sum it up, his wife had a hunch that he was, you know, being plagued with evil spirits. Um, she has a special gift. And so they, they went to his bishop and he was like, he didn't really, he didn't believe it. He was kind of in, you know, like our normal, like they don't exist or they do, but it's not like that, you know? So they went to his bishop and he said to his bishop, I'm just summarizing. And so, um, Hey, you know, my wife thinks I might have, and I do have, you know, pornography addiction. Can you cast out evil spirits? And the bishop was like, Oh, okay. You know, he hadn't really done that much either. We have, you know, like Christ used to do back in the day. So the bishop lays his hands on his head, says a priesthood blessing, and he cast out evil um, spirits. And what happened was he, I'm paraphrasing, but he said it felt like, an, and they heard like a vortex go like leave out of him angrily and the bishop felt it too and afterwards they were like whoa <laughs> oh my goodness like that was real and what he noticed after this encounter they continually did like those four things that we just talked about casting them out and you know, all staying seeking just to feel god's love so that everything is being discerned through god's love right and the holy ghost but he said that his compulsions to, to be, you know, perform the addiction with pornography had, had gone away. The behaviors, some conditioned behaviors was what he had to work through. Uh, and it took some time to work through it, but it was nothing like this in his entire life trying to get rid of pornography addiction with the compulsions. The compulsions were gone and he um, just shares this beautiful story. So we'll go more into it. Cause I know there's a lot of you who have probably, Oh, dealing with this within your own families. It's not an easy thing. And there's other ways, you know, the evil, evil influences plague us like this that are traumatic. So we'll go more into it, but I wanted to give you that hope. There is hope, a hundred percent hope through the priesthood, a priesthood blessing asking for, you know, um, casting them out, asking for God's love and asking to see what is causing your affliction. I think that's really important. Maybe not just see the evil spirit, but just like discern it, have that discernment. Yeah. What is causing this affliction? Wow. It's a really good question. I like that. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody. It was great to be on with you today and we hope we've left you with some applicable nuggets for now. We'll come back to this topic because it is pretty important and we just, we love you. We're so grateful to be here with you. Thank we you. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the sisters in Zion podcast. Music is compliments of Marshall McDonald and can be found on his Sunday best album. You can share this podcast with others through your podcast app or Podbean website. Join us next week for more experiences, enlightenment, and conversations to draw closer to Christ.